did that dude really just say it feels like snow? Ooh, maybe they have some sort of weather ecstasies. Welcome to what is it about the weather podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our daily lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek, and this week we're going to talk exactly about that weather ecstasies. Yeah, we'll get there. I promise. I promise. As always, I hope you're having some good weather. Mine's been up and down. Had some cold weather. It's it's been, you know we are in meteorological winter for goodness sake. But I even went out. I snapped a picture this week. Maybe I'll be able to use it for the cover photo. I, I'm not sure. It wasn't the greatest picture in the world. But I was in a park, and we still have some trees that are changing color. But I have one that's a nice bright red, and right next to it was a tree that the leaves were just starting to change from green. So we've definitely had kind of a I don't I would call it a lingering slow fall. We had some, you know, a little bit of cold to trigger one batch of trees, change color, and then warm back up again. I even saw, I was out for a walk today and I saw a cherry tree blooming again. So clearly a little bit warmer here, seeing all sorts of seasonal forecast about first a hot Christmas and then a cold January, February. And, you know, no one believes them all at the same time. We'll see where all that turns out. Let's see what what popped up that was interesting this week. A lot of kind of news stories. One of them had to do with New York City. Now, I mentioned back when we were talking about this whole thing with post, you know, tropical events up here that we dealt with, that New York City had talked about hiring a private forecasting firm, and they've done that. Now, it's a company I'm familiar with. I'm not going to get into all the details. I think I've got a link in the show notes. Um, the story was actually, it wasn't a, you know, you didn't see it in many places. I think it was like NPR or something, and it was actually even transcript from one of their podcasts. Now, the company owns a product that I actually use on a regular basis. The, the product was an independent firm before merged with this company. The company's been around a long time, very long time, been in the space. And now they're bigger than just weather. And that's not surprising. A lot of companies that have been in the weather space have either gotten eaten up by something where weather's critical, like, you know, in agriculture or in energy or in transportation, or they've just made mergers with other people in, in the weather. Part of it has been the bigger thing. In any case, I'll be curious to see where this goes. I, Like I said, I understood the idea of it. Hopefully, they'll get that independent perspective that they're looking for. But I will tell you that there'll probably be a lot of scrutiny for you know the first case when it fails, right? And I, you know, it still boils down to what do they do with that weather information, and that's the part that I can't really follow. You know, I, I'm not inside there. I don't know how they're going to look at it differently. Because it comes from another place, will they place more emphasis on it? Will they just place more emphasis because they've had recent problems, which they would have done anyways without hiring? Just don't know. Just don't know. It's like it's like when Sandy hit up here for a couple of years. Everybody's on edge, right? And and it's going to be the same thing with this other events that took place. People are going to be on edge, and they're going to be more inclined to react to warnings. It's logical. That happens all the time anyways. question will be is in two years, will that contract get renewed? And, you know, one of two things is going to happen, right? 
we're going to have a couple of years. Nothing's going to be really major or the type of thing where you probably needed that extra set of eyes. Now, I shouldn't say that. It could happen tomorrow. I, I understand that. But good chance it'll be a while. And somebody's going to either say, A, we don't need this contract anymore, and then it's going to happen again, and everybody's going to say, C, we needed it, or B, they're going to have it, and then they're just going to ignore the inputs or think, oh, it's not going to be as big a deal because they're not going to have that recent memory event that's going to trigger it. But only time will tell. Another thing that I had that was a very, very interesting conversation, and it's something that we've talked about multiple times here, which is about probabilistic versus deterministic forecast, right? So in other words, give me a single thing from which to respond. It's going to rain. It's not going to rain. The hurricane's going to hit here, whatever it's going to be. The blizzard's going to, uh, blizzard warning in Hawaii this week, actually, right? We People don't think about it. Versus there's a chance of this, or there's a 30% or, or whatever it's going to be, right? And how people respond to that. But what was interesting, so this was on a, a mailing list that I deal with tropical cyclones that I mentioned before, but the conversation was interesting from the perspective that there were a lot of people really that chimed in and they all had really well thought out either objections to one course versus the other or just perspectives because a lot of these people are coming at it from different angles. I, you know, There were people from private companies, forecasting companies that work with commercial clients. There were people from you know the national government agencies that have a different responsibility or that work with emergency managers or state governments or whatever it might be. There were, again, I could go on and there were researchers working in the academic space, but each one of them you know, there were some really big names in the field talking and, and I was, it, it just, it was enjoyable to follow the way, it, this is the way the process should work in everything that we do, right? The people weren't being critical of one another. They were throwing out, okay, I understand what you're saying there. Well, let me, let me bring it back from this other side. This is how people, you know, at some point people have to make a decision. People have to make a go or no go. And how do you do that when you only have a probability? And then someone will say, well, here's where probability is best. Here's where determined. And it went on and on and on. And it was just a very good dialogue. And it is, it was the type of conversation where you could see people thinking about how to improve what they did right? What they did every day and how to make that better. And I just found it enjoyable and enlightening. And then of course I had Twister on this week, go to film, right? And I was struck by something in Twister. I don't recall in the movie once hearing a weather radio go off and that wasn't an error. So Twister came out. Yeah, we had the internet at that time. Actually, it was more in the era of AOL, if you will, was still big, but we had the internet. But generally speaking, everybody still looked other sources for weather. And I saw some, you saw television broadcast in that movie and stuff. But when I was growing up, even well before Twister, weather radios existed and the alarms went off. And I, yes, I know the whole idea of the movie Twister was they didn't have lots of warning, but Come on, not once did a weather radio go off. Not once were one of these storms seen. I, I, don't, I was very disappointed. But one of the things that hit me in Twister and hit me in these conversations I saw this week and hit me with New York City hiring this thing is this idea of 
what matters most when it comes to getting a weather forecast that you or I can trust, right? Now, you heard me say X to T's, and I, I, I'm going to give you three words. Expert, expertise, okay? Also, experience. The, the EX actually came from experience. Expertise got, as you heard, moved to the end. And intuition. Because those are kind of three things that in all these sort of conversations that I watched this week or even in the movie, in, in the movie, for instance, Bill Paxson plays this weather person that seems to have intuition about where the tornado is going to go, right? And people look at him to just, he's this, you know, mystical creature that can divine where the tornado is going to be sort of thing. And it, it's a question I get a lot. Like when, when I'm trying to find a forecaster, what are some of the things I look for? And, and those are three words that come to mind or that either come up in the conversation or the traits in those three things come up in the conversation. And this, of course, has nothing to do with just weather. It can have to do with just about anything. Now, let me give you an example. Let's do a medical example. What do you look for when someone's teaching medicine versus what do you look for when someone is performing surgery? And is it the same? There's a good chance it's not, right? You may want someone that really understands the science inside and out to be the one that is teaching, right? You know, I, I realize you don't want that to be their only criteria, but that really understands it, that can convey it to that next group right? The next set of minds are going to get it. But when it comes to surgery, you don't necessarily want the one that's never, that may understand it theoretically and maybe has even done it before. You want someone more likely that it's done it multiple times. And this is not just true in medical field or in weather. I mean, let's take financial markets right now where there's a lot of chaos going on and there's been a lot of talk lately about how we're in a financial bubble. Okay. And I had a conversation with somebody who was saying, well, do you think this bubble is more like the 2000 dot-com bubble where we had a big crash because of all these new dot-com companies? Or do you think it's more like the 2008 bubble we had, when, again, assuming we're in a bubble here, when it was more about some underlying financial position and, and you start getting into, well, who was the right person to even judge that, Right. What would they need to know? What would they need? Is it an intuition call, right? Because you, you hear some of these people going, oh, I see it in a bubble, and, and you think of them, again, as being these magical, mystical creatures that can just guess right. Or is it having the right experience to know to separate what are the two fundamentals going on underneath that would trigger one versus the other, the knowledge to know one versus the other, and how it might play out differently? And you, again, you can go on in all aspects of our lives. Anytime you're looking forward in time or you're looking to what's the right course of action that I take, because that's what we're doing with a weather forecast, right? What do I look for? What is it that, that I'm trying to see end of day that's going to make me believe in one or the other? And I will tell you, let, let us put some criteria around each of these things and understand them. So I do. I, I view 
expertise, when I'm looking at expertise, I really am defining it as someone who understands fundamentally what's going on and what's driving it. So when it comes to weather, it truly is understanding kind of the science behind it, right? What makes a hurricane tick? What makes it go where it goes? What makes it land where it lands? What makes it change when, you know, people thought it was going one way versus another? And how would you know that? And I really do think that expertise tends to make our best teaching people, people that can share the knowledge and in the right circumstances can tell you what's going to happen. But a lot of times I've known people with plenty of expertise, right? In theory, they should be the ones, right? They've got, they've got the knowledge, but maybe in the moment, maybe they're not the best under pressure. Okay. Maybe they're, they're really good at when they, they can lay out the logic and they can explain it to you and they've got time to do it. But when you're in a crunch moment, maybe you don't have that time or maybe they get a little nervous and they get flustered. There are plenty of us that that happens to, right? We have a great knowledge. And, and I mean, I can think of lots of people and it's certainly happened to me before where I know I have the knowledge, but when in a certain moment, you get, you draw blanks, right? Most of us can relate to that. It's like, I know that. What was I thinking sort of thing? And then you've got the intuition part. And like I said, this was somebody, now in the movie, I know he's supposed to know more, but he, he's supposed to just, like I said, have this gut feel for what's going to happen. I even read an article this week. I don't think I was going to, I'm not going to put it in the show notes because it, the article ended up not being, despite the title being about weather. The, the idea though was, we all have some weather intuition probably, and it's based on different things. For instance, we may know what the smell of rain, right? And we've talked about this before, even with lightning, when it, you know, it, it's partly about the ground getting wet, but part of it is when the ozone that comes out of thunderstorms. So it can give you a trigger that you know a thunderstorm is coming. There can be a lot of other signals as well, but, but when you don't have all the data points available or you just feel your body changing, right? You know that when a low pressure system's coming, that certain things happen to your body and you just know that to be the case, right? And so they call that intuition. And, and to some extent it is, it just, it's a, it's a sense that you know something's coming about, right? Without having, it's, it's what they call precognition. So you don't have to think about it. It just, you're aware of it without having to consciously think about it. And I do, I think there are a lot of people that have that and I've seen it right with people with the knowledge of weather. And a lot of times that intuition, okay, serves them well, but we also get very dependent on that. And if we don't know the fullness of what's going on around us, sometimes that intuition can fail us because what can trigger certain sensations or, or beliefs because we look at the sky and we certain see a certain type of cloud and we know traditionally <laughs> an old episode of what is it about clouds was on screen in my house this week, much to my chagrin, but it was one about a certain type of cloud that is a predictor of change in weather. But the key thing is, is it can be storms are coming or it can be clear skies are coming. And without some additional knowledge, you don't know which it is, but your intuition may say, ah, storm's on the way. And then you're sadly mistaken when it doesn't happen because what it was actually telling you was, ah, blue skies are on the way. 
So it can fail you even if the bulk of the time it, it does you right. And someone that's around you in the right moments thinks that you just, you just know it, right? And then experience. Now, I know a lot of people in the forecasting space that didn't get there coming out of a meteorology program or degree. Maybe they are in the communication space. Some of them have gone back and gotten the knowledge, all right, that fundamental knowledge, which I think is important. But some of them have spent enough time in the space, whether they have the depth of expertise knowledge, kind of becomes irrelevant because they do know enough about what's going on, particularly if they, they're in the same market, let's say, for a long period of time, that their experience tells them a lot about what to expect in certain circumstances and whether even weather models are right or wrong. And I'll even get to this, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, there's this forecasting competition in the collegiate space, and they've expanded it to where if you're an alumni, you can do it as well, which I've done and won as an alumni. The idea is a little bit of everything. When I first started doing that competition, I would know going into a certain location what my weaknesses were, and that might drive me to have certain conversations with people, that, you know, other forecasters about what they were thinking, what they were looking at, right? And collectively, though, how I perform, I, I, I came, even for myself, to count on certain things. Okay, this is my expertise, right? This is what I know about what's going on in this weather situation, but my experience working with models, they were telling me this and that, and I just happened to know that this model does better in maybe this region of the country. But at some point, it was about intuition as well, right? So end of day, it became that blend, expertise, if you will, that I leveraged for how I did in those situations. Now, you're not always going to have that. Not everybody is going to have a cross. I, I think that's the most ideal situation because for all the pros that we have with each of these categories, each one of them create biases because with expertise, you can't see outside the box of what the science tells you should happen when sometimes it's not going to necessarily play out like that because end of day, the science is based on empirical ideas that you don't always have the data to support or, or date, you know, maybe there was incorrect data or it's not current enough, whatever it might be. Just like I mentioned where, you know, intuition can fail you and experience makes you that way as well, because you've seen so many times where it's going to do X that the one time and maybe the most important time it does Y. What I look for is when I look at somebody with experience, for instance, I want to see somebody that knows enough to go, listen, Nine times out of 10, this is what's going to happen, but, but, right? So that they know that there is still this importance of putting caveats, particularly in the critical situations, in the critical moments, to make sure you stop and think, make sure you don't take it for granted any more than they are taking it for granted, right? We don't want that. So it helps to have this more broad spectrum so that hopefully some of those biases are counterplayed by the different types of 
characteristics coming into play. All right. So, yes, I think ideally you want to look for somebody with all those things. But if I had to pick one, right, if you made me pick one today that said, okay, I'm going somewhere and I'm going to live there and I need to find someone who's good at forecasting the weather for me, you know, whether it's an app or whether it's a person or whatever it is, what would you look for? Well, I'd look for experience end of day. I still think that's probably the most important criteria for this sort of situation. Although, you know, you want to find somebody who's got some, a little bit of everything too, because the more balanced you are, the better off you'll be. Any case, like I said, I don't, I don't know that weather's any different than other aspects of our life. And I'm not sure that one of these things is the right thing in all situations. I think there are times when they all play out and they're all, useful in delivering us to something that we can make decisions from, whether in weather, whether in medical, like I said, whether it's financial, because this stuff's heavy, right? And we want to know that we can trust some of that guidance. And, you know, the other thing has always been never count on just one opinion. It's always good to have a second opinion, even in your experts, if you will. I don't know. Hope you found that useful. Just something in my, on my mind this week, and it really came, it, it's something I've been thinking about, talking about here, but with with all these other conversations that were going on in the background this week, I just thought I'd bring it to the forefront. Any case, it's holiday season, right? Who who? What experts are you looking for to get your packages through the shipping backlog? I, you know, I've gotten a lot of stuff done. I didn't have any problems. I didn't have any supply chain issues, maybe because I wasn't looking for complicated things, or maybe I I haven't found the right things yet, but I keep reading all these stories that it's out there. Any case, the next time you're thinking about whether you need an expert or whether you need experience or intuition to get the job done, just remember, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.